0: Hey, 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 it's your girl, Janae, and you're listening to On The Case, episode 14.
1: And I'm Devontae Beard. First, we want to thank all of you listeners for your support. And if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would truly appreciate it. On our website now, we have a new story written by Christian McDonald of our case marketing team about MU Junior Christian Ricketts. He used his father's entrepreneurial spirit as inspiration to begin his own business as a college student. Ricketts has excelled both as a student here at MU and a strength trainer, training clients and leading others through social media to the bodies and lifestyles they desire. You can read more about this story from Christian McDonald on our website at case.missouri.edu.
0: Aside from our website, make sure you follow our social media for some great content. We are also on TikTok for all of you TikTok lovers as well. So go follow us right now at MizzouCase and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter too, which also has the handle MizzouCase.
1: Now, if you need help with math, check out Math at Case for free tutoring services. For more information on Math at Case, you can contact the case office at 573 882 9208 or email Anna Maria Fernandez at fernandezan at missouri.edu.
0: Casey, Brooks, and Sugg Scholars, make sure you attend your weekly cohort meetings. Casey Scholars, you will meet in Middlebush, room 212 on Tuesdays. Freshmen from 3 to 4 and sophomores from 4 to 5. Bricks and Sugg scholars will meet in Tate Hall, room 102, on Tuesdays as well. Freshmen from 5 to 6 and sophomores from 4 to 5.
1: We want to congratulate K Scholars Morgan Woolridge and Mbar polanco Pino for being announced as finalists for Mizzou's 2021 Top 10 Homecoming Royalty. So congrats, Morgan and Mbar. We see y'all.
0: Attention senior K Scholars graduating this fall. There will be a Fall 21 Salute to Excellence Banquet very soon. It is scheduled for Tuesday, November 16th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Memorial Union in Room 214 A&B. Come out and enjoy yourselves and pass the word to other Case Scholars you know. Again, it will be Tuesday, November 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Memorial Union in Room 214 A&B.
1: We also highly recommend that y'all subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter, Case Connection, for new stories and content, such as Intern of the Week. You can catch our Intern of the Week taking over our Instagram story, walking you through a day in the life of a Case Scholar here at Mizzou. To find out who it is, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, caseconnection at case.missouri.edu, and follow our social media pages, all at Mizzou Case.
0: And to continue being safe, we want to say keep masking up, Mizzou. With the weather changing, we know this can cause many of us not to feel the best, so we highly recommend getting tested for COVID just in case. To get more information on testing and safety, visit renewal.missouri.edu.
1: So far our a case segment, we're continuing our series showcasing success with MU senior and Brooks Scholar, Embar Pelanco-Pino, to discuss how he plans to use his engineering studies to benefit minorities. If you go on our website, we have a student spotlight written by Kiera Shannon highlighting Embar. Dang, that's, hold on, that's two episodes in a row for Kiera, ain't it? Last time it was a J story. But anyways... M. Barr's story details how Venezuelan beginnings and his parents' faith and persistence have impacted his motivations and defined him as a man today. It's a very interesting story if you ask me, one of the most inspirational life stories I've heard from someone our age. So I would go read up on it and I would recommend the same thing to you all. Go read up on this story for more information on our website at case.missouri.edu. We'll let you guys hear Janae and I's conversation with him in a few minutes, but we want to begin our uppercase segment with what we hope to achieve in our careers. So, Janae, I don't even think do they do they know what we want to be. I like, do, do they do they know what our desired careers are? Have we ever told our listeners?
0: I don't think so. Um, I'll go. I'll start it off. So, um, for me, obviously, um, I was a big student athlete in high school, and I wanted to come into college playing sports. But unfortunately, some things happened and I just decided I wanted to focus on my career, but I wanted to stay involved in sports. And I had a love for writing and just like editing, content, graphic design, and I want to stay involved. So I put them together and I was like, sports journalism, that's what I want to do. So my goal is to get into sports journalism. And I know that's pretty hard being a woman and and a black female, like just both of those together. It's pretty hard in that field. Um. But then I also took a look at it where it was like journalism is a hard field to get into. So I was like, let me do a business minor. So now I see myself within marketing and journalism. I feel like they fit pretty well together. But um, I hope to like achieve my ultimate goal is to work for a big company like ESPN or Sports Network. Um, at, at first, I wanted to be in front or behind the camera. But now I'm kind of leaning towards the business aspect within journalism and social media strategy, which is where I'm at right now. I'm trying to pick my classes for senior year and next mm-hmm. semester. I'm kinda of stressed out. But you know, we're gonna get it together. But um what do you hope to achieve? Like what are you looking forward to? Especially with you graduating soon. Like a year from a year from now you're gonna be graduating.
1: Yeah. So um well I guess I, I I'll start off by telling you all that I pretty much have the same uh, ideal career as Janae began with. Yeah, I hear she's switching to the business side of it. I'm still sports journalism to the fullest. I would like to be in front of the camera, ideally, um, you know, pretty much round table talk, pretty much like a first take or undisputed or get up, first things first, you know, something like that. I would like to be giving my opinion about sports and things revolving around it. But I would like to use my platform to um, bring awareness to situations that are in need. And I would also like to use my platform to be truthful about what's going on. Like there are a lot of things that are misunderstood um, when it comes to sports journalists and uh, media overall. And I would just like to be one of those truthful and honest people to kind of Clarify those things and also I would like to use my platform to benefit others who would like to be in the same position. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as we know, there there are a lot of opportunities in this world and it's a lot about who you know, not necessarily what you know all the time. So if I can get into this field and connect with other individuals, who want to pursue the same dream, maybe I can be that connection to help get them to where they want to be.
0: Yeah, and I think that's huge, especially now, because we see that sports is more than just sports, if you get what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. it's not just you play this, you stick to this. It's so much that goes into it. a
1: platform. It. you got a, a voice for people who can't speak for themselves.
0: Exactly, and it's very – I think it's cool for us – coming up in a world where we can see more people like ourselves in that career. Mm -hmm. And even just like our process getting there is still like, it's a grind. Like you got to know you got to know, like you don't have to necessarily know in the moment, but you just got to have that motivation and grit to be like, I can do this. It's not based off someone else, which is huge for us. And I think that's a huge impact we want to make not only for ourselves, but for our community is to get out there and, give people or give people like us or even people growing up just to see like you can do it too Mm -hmm. like and this is something that's achievable like no matter what people say like if they achieve that that's just proving themselves right they're not there to prove anyone else wrong they're proving themselves Themselves right which is which is huge and i think we definitely see that a lot in this upcoming interview we definitely see that in mbar which is why i'm really excited to get into this interview so let's get it Now we want to bring in Brooke Scholar and senior engineering student, Mbar Polanco-Pino. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So MU's coming off a big homecoming with football, obviously, and it was also a pretty big week for you. You were on Rural Court Top 10. So um, you and Morgan as well, our other case scholar. So how was that entire homecoming experience for you?
2: All right, Um, right. I'd say the, the homecoming experience was uh, everything. I wanted it to be and expected it to be in a way. Um, Just got to meet a lot of new people and uh, learn about some Mizzou traditions I didn't know about. So I feel like it was interesting to get to know the campus that I've been um, at for like three years, three and a half years now. So it was really, it it was kind of like a nice farewell like last year experience that I enjoyed having with people on court. So last year our wonderful
1: Kier Shannon wrote a feature about your journey and to be quite honest with you yeah, it was very inspirational. At least for me personally, I was really inspired by the the story and what you've been through. So um for our listeners who don't know you and have not read the story, can you kind of describe your upbringing from beginning in Venezuela and having a move at the age of 8 to a whole new continent?
2: Mhm. Yeah, so um, I was born in Venezuela, and I was there for about a year, and then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I spent the majority of my childhood before I moved back to Venezuela around um, eight, r- right before the 2008 economy uh, collapsed. And yeah, we, were, uh, we did not choose to leave, really. It was more so just a a, a nice deportation in a way. You know, it's just like, hey, here's a letter. Y'all should probably leave before we make y'all leave. And yeah, it was a completely change of environment, but while we were in Atlanta, I, I kind of already moved a lot. So I was more so, I'd say, excited, because I hadn't really understood like, the, the depth of like, the situation like I do right now, and more so like the systemic approach of it. But back then, I was just like, you know, with my parents and my sister, just cruising around the world, I guess. We are just enjoying it. got to meet my family back, back in Venezuela. But um, when I came back to Atlanta, I'd say I was definitely starting to feel like that uh, lack of like stability in my life, where I was just like realizing like the only the only place I really was like sure the only thing I was really sure of was like just my parents and my sister that I knew that I'd, I'd have them, but like as far as like moving and all and like new schools and things like that, I was just accustomed and used to being the new kid and like having to like create a very extroverted personality to allow me to fit in to so try to adapt everywhere you yeah. went. So I feel like that led into me moving to Missouri around like 14 and I was I was ready I was ready to adapt again but I ended up staying there for all the high school which I feel like led me to feel very very comfortable around Missouri when where it was once like a very uh strange foreign place I'd never seen cows or anything uh-huh. but it allowed me I feel like I was like that stability that I did have for for that set amount of time allowed me to uh become and develop into like my best self I feel like I think to learn and uh, just find out what I'm passionate about. So, um, yeah, the transition's mainly been just a lot of moving, but I feel like my in my core, my parents' love for, for God and their love for just people in general and themselves, I feel like has allowed me to understand how to love others better and how to be passionate and just work towards things that I think are worthwhile in this world. So did you kind of think the idea of
1: the American dream was over with when you had to when y'all were deported back to mm-hmm. Venezuela because i mean did you was there any thought in your mind that you would be back in the US
2: yeah or? no it, not at all i had no no idea i i mainly was taking it day by day kind of how i do right now mm-hmm. i'm just very used to i've kind of trained myself to just appreciate each day as they come and make the most of it uh-huh. cuz i know tomorrow's never promised so i feel like even the idea of the american dream i feel like it's a it's a nice way to to summarize it, but in reality I feel like my parents' passion just comes from love, just like doing things out of love, serving people, the community out of love. And that's ultimately what's what stuck with me far beyond like the American dream. I think love is first and foremost what what has held me down throughout the years. So
1: one thing we uh Janae and I know is that you are very into your faith as you kind of explained in the um last response so and we know that stems from your parents so we just kind of want to know more about I guess how your parents have really influenced you and your I guess your lifestyle who you are as a man today we understand that it comes from the the faith um the love as you mentioned so just what else have they have they really brought to the table for you to be the great individual you are
2: um i'd say my parents have have dealt and been through a lot and i've seen them go through a lot and they've been very i'd say um passive and for me as a child seeing a lot of the things that they've been through um made me not so passive so i was more so very much driven to see, see their love in a way, you know, like very, very, um, comforting and always just like peaceful. But one thing that I always like, so it's like, yeah, they, they put me on faith. They're they're, they're they were, The reason we came to the United States was because they're missionaries. So they came to like start uh, Spanish speaking churches in the United States. Okay. So, um, the way I started understanding my faith was more so, um, action based. I felt, um, I started seeing my faith develop in a way that they hadn't really um, taught it to me, but they understood that this was the way it should evolve, and it was very social justice oriented. So I would, I feel like I'd take after a lot of Jesus flipping tables and just being a very passionate um, individual, very passionate for justice, very passionate for um, upholding things that should be upheld um, within the church, and also um, putting down the things that should not be upheld, you know, so it's just, I think that's what the focus of my faith is, is just mainly love. Like, you can forget about like all the money, all the very hypocritical things that are around there throughout history, when we think of genocide and so many, I feel like harm that's been done within the hands of the church. And I feel like I mainly hold on to what it, it should be in its essence, which is a, a, a book of love where we just try to find out how to learn more of one another and grow in love with one another and I feel like that's the only thing that we have that's purposeful in this world at the end of the day once the degrees once the money goes away I feel like the relationships we had with one another and the way that we show love will continue on the way that they show love to others once we're past
0: so obviously your faith has allowed you to open up a lot within the community and you brought up earlier how when you first came here, it was just like you were the new kid constantly around. It was just your parents and your sister. Um, And that sense of belonging has to be there. Like for someone, for you, obviously you have that here at the university being obviously in homecoming court, you're very out there and involved. So obviously you've been going to predominantly white institutions like Mizzou um, pretty much your whole life. Um, How has that impacted your outlook on life and the way minorities are treated?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's, Uh, had a huge impact on my life the way of because not only am I have I been in predominantly white institutions my entire life but I've also had like a multicultural multiracial family so I was constantly dealing with just like um, understanding what just like blackness is um, the levels of like colorism and how it plays or plays a part in my life and my family and it's just been Interesting to note, just like how how that thought has continually developed throughout my life, and I feel like one of the ways it's it showed itself initially was I feel like I had a chip on my shoulder, in all the schools I'd go to, and that made me strive for um for just like a I'm gonna prove everyone wrong because I feel like I even even today I feel like I deal with a I've dealt with a lot of just like passive microaggressive type things that just constantly like stay in my mind and in high school it made me work to just like prove others wrong like no i'm not just an athlete no i'm not just this no i'm not just that you know so i I feel like it made me that was the main reason why i kind of left sports and started focusing more on academics Uh and then to prove that your worth was equivalent
1: uh, aside from some sort of monetary value exactly. or entertainment
2: I, I didn't want to be just like just a body more so just seeing as i wanted to show that i was more than just that i could be i could be all these other things and i feel like i feel like music has influenced a lot of that and i, I remember like j cole saying in a, bar, a bar like "I uh, turn on the tv i don't see enough brothers with degrees or something like that that's and why you I got just, that dream just reminded me i was like nah like that's that's amazing like you know it's like i want to be be part of like changing that stigma uh-huh. Of what people think I should be doing or how I got to where I got. So the only thing is like that that pressure, like that that I'm gonna prove others wrong, like it catches up with you. So by the time I graduated, by the time I was about to graduate high school, I had a meeting here, um, with Amon Hardman, who was uh one of the mentors here in Case. Yeah. And he was the Brooks the Brooks Scholar uh mentor at that time. And um I remember during my interview he, I was in the middle of writing my graduation speech, and I, was remember, I remembered a, a line I had said it something about, like, I want to prove others wrong, right? And I shared that with Amon, and in that moment, he told me, um, don't prove others wrong, just prove yourself right. And I, I remember I started crying right then and there during the interview, and I, was, I realized, like, I was working so hard for, like, other people's acceptance. For validation. Without realizing, like, with, with when I'm looking for their acceptance, I'll die from their rejection, Uh more so i should be focusing on what my standards are and who i think i am so i started here when i came to mizzou i started adjusting that like mindset that i had in these pwis to more so more like inward and more like just loving in a way not so much working off of the hate and trying to grind to prove them wrong but just knowing that i'm all that i am and that's enough and i can everything that i do i know will be the best at it because i'm gonna give it my all so that changed my approach in college and I feel like it's helped (laughs) now that I'm on the back end of things to
1: I guess relate to what it is that you're saying I had to adapt to that same type of mentality as an athlete as well because um I noticed that I would be doing things to try to prove my worth to others and I had to flip it and make it about Proving who I am to myself because I know who I am from within. So just to say that to relate to what you said, because I, I find value in yeah, for sure. in in what he told you in that interview. And that means a lot to me. So believe me, I'ma play this back and I'm I'ma save it. I'ma note I'ma note that for myself. Good so have you would you say that you've truly found a sense of belonging here at MU?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd say my experiences throughout um and you and the opportunities that I've found throughout um just being here on campus and different just just the environment. Just being just coming to college, um taking on different experiences, opportunities. I have fully found a sense of belonging and understanding of who I am mm-hmm. to the best that I have so far in my life. And obviously um I'm gonna continue to learn and grow, but I'm very I'm very content and still looking for more at this at this point. But yeah, I think I think the community here um, within Mizzou and the, the relationships I've been able to form are, are very foundational to who I am at this point.
0: So you're an engineering student here, and I'm not sure if you know this, but 60% of minority students drop out of the School of Engineering. So that means only 40% of minority students graduate with an engineering degree. And you're on the positive side of those statistics, killing it in the classroom, about to graduate next semester. So we just want to know what drives you. In a way everything but engineering. I feel like I'm
2: very passionate about all the things and ways that engineering can help the world and that's what really drives me. I wouldn't say the numbers and the physics drives me. You know, I think I'm very passionate about using engineering as a as as the many ways as the many things that it is and that's a resource, it's a it's technology, it's a affordability, it's a social economic. There's so many different levels to it that I feel like I can contribute and help others with that are far beyond just math. But I think that's what drives me every day. Just knowing that I could, I could possibly help a third world country, city, um, inner cities around here in the United States. Um, just marginalized and historically excluded communities in general with engineering and, um, its resources. So we know that you've had many successes
1: within your academic career. Um, you're a student with a very high GPA, uh, we just wanted to know how how do you how do you maintain that like how do you stay focused and we we know you've done some work with NASA so can you kind of explain your experience with that because I'm
2: sure the listeners will want to hear that yeah um so GPA GPA is this this number that's gonna mean the world for us for these next few years and then it means nothing so I feel like that's the way that I take it is um is It has its importance right now, but it's not important. So I try to take the classes as just like, let me see how much I can learn. Let me make sure I'm just being disciplined. I'm just practicing like self awareness, being very disciplined with the things that I have to do, but also very disciplined with like my mental health and my breaks and not doing school all the time. I feel like I do a lot of music instead of school at times Mm -hmm. but it's always about keeping a very good balance and knowing that it's never really going to be fully balanced that some days you're going to have to prioritize one thing rather than the other but i feel like uh, understanding of how your balance works and how you can juggle um these different things from school to like the extracurriculars like orgs and then just like the bigger things kind of like internships and things of that sort um just understanding the levels of it and just realizing that it's all a process and it's okay to not really enjoy some things and say no to some things. But just understanding your limits, I feel like is the best way I could describe it. Cause obviously my study schedule isn't the best. I feel like, especially for others, when you think about my late nights and I could definitely do better about it, but it's just like what I've I've been accustomed to. And um, as far as like NASA and uh, MIT goes, that I've been able to uh, do research with them. Uh, it's mainly just me reaching out to professors. I'd say just being curious and getting to know people just organically, not just because they're my professor or just because they're faculty, but just genuinely trying to like um, just contribute to um, projects and just conversations in general, just being very intentional with every every aspect of the day and even going out of your way to email professors over something that's interesting I feel like has allowed me the, the confidence to just like reach out and continue to do this for like the NASA project that I'm part of and then applying to like MIT and then getting in and then reaching out to professors over there. And I feel like it's mainly a mindset. It's just a mindset of I'm going to make the best out of all these opportunities that MU has given to me. And they give a lot if you really, you know, search. So... Yeah, I'd say I'm just, just trying to be intentional with everything that I do.
1: So what was that ground zero like, man?
2: It was What's the deal? What, so what happened with that? That was that was actually kinda of crazy. It's um I'll be doing the flight again in a couple months. But I've always obviously been on the on the ground for twenty one years. I've been feeling gravity for a while. Right. By the time <laughs> I went up, you just all of a sudden nothing's pulling you down. So it's you're and you're technically in free fall the whole time. So it's just What's interesting, I feel like to me was just like uh, the science part, like Newton's laws of motion, like an object in motion stays in motion. So, like that force is going to continue to be the main acting force on you. And so, as soon as like you get into zero gravity, your hands are kind of like holding on to like some metal or the floor. Mm-hmm. And then the force that you need to hold you on, as soon as zero gravity hits, is lo- no longer like necessary and it just pushes you away. And you kind of just like fall back into abyss. Your back is just going, is like going forward, and you can't see where you're going. Your hands are waving, and your body tries to swim because it's the closest thing to zero gravity. But when you're in water, like it's still dense enough, like gravity's like acting on you and things like that. Uh And your body doesn't know how to react, so you just kind of have to like calm your mind and just let yourself go, and then slowly start trying to like jump around and like push at one point, and then just realize like how. How strong you are in zero gravity—you don't have like almost like ten meters per second squared acting on you, you know. That's cool. I, I wish I could do that. Yeah, and like and like your your like uh your like organs and stuff also like they're floating too. Like every like, oh you feel yeah, that like you feel inside I can feel of yourself. It. I can feel it. Yeah. So yeah, the first day was like super. A lot of people got sick. Is all I'm gonna say. A lot of oh, people man. got sick. There's a lot of things I had to dodge, and then the second day. <laughs> was a lot better everybody was prepared (laughs) oh and i was just the video i posted on like my social media was mainly the second day when i was like cohesive and was making it through and didn't have like a bad headache the whole time because after all the spinning like right off the bat i got a little sick
0: (laughs) that's not for me definitely not for me i'm gonna let you keep that but uh with besides NASA, you say you worked with MIT. What was your position, and like, what did you do specifically within that this past summer?
2: Yeah, so I was uh, a research intern at this in the Space Propulsion Laboratory in the departments uh, in the Department of Aeronautics and Astronautics, um, which wonderfully is a uh, part of the uh, uh, Ronald uh, Doctor Ronald E McNair Lab, and he is uh, who the McNair program is set after, and it was just nice to know that. Um, such a, a amazing individual who I feel like has been a a role model for me, just in engineering and just like as a black man and him being one of the first few uh, black astronauts, I felt like I looked up to him a lot, and um, as being also part of the McNair program, I feel like it was a very like full circle experience, being able to like do work in the lab that he would have been you know working when possibly, and yeah, my responsibilities were mainly. Creating and running through this research project um, with regard to electric propulsion and satellites where uh, I was using plasma physics and the plasma in the environment to create um, a neutralizer for the uh, s- spacecraft. It's a lot of things, but I was mainly just using electric type things in the environment to create electric propulsion for the satellite.
0: You make so, yeah. that sound really simple. It is. It's, it's, it's a simple concept. You know that ain't simple. I'm over here.
1: I'm, I'm lost. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, I, I can learn on the fly.
0: So obviously you've had uh, many successes in and out of MU, which is amazing. Couldn't imagine doing stuff for NASA, especially like right now. Because I think at your age, is basically my age now, and I'm like not doing nothing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, so with uh, what are your plans after graduation?
2: Hmm. Okay. So, so something that I feel like is very interesting about me is I'm, I'm quick to just make a decision and roll with it. So like when I was in, once again, going back to like graduating high school, I feel like once again, I had like this chip on my shoulder where I was like, I had debated and juggled with the, the idea of like doing sports in college. Like, is this something I want to keep doing? But then I was like, no, like the way I've been feeling at this school, I need to, I need to do something academically mm-hmm. and I need to do it strong i need to do i need to go full in full submersion so i was like what's the hardest thing i could think of so that's how i picked rocket science (laughs) i just it ain't rocket science huh that's the way you win because i'm a i'm a first generation college student like my parents don't know about college like i was just like i just felt like i could do it you know i had this trip i was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do the hardest thing i can do and show people i'm I'm smarter, like, I'm this, I'm that, you know, like, I'm, I'm everything that they don't think I'm, that they don't think I am. That's why I picked this, like, crazy major. But apparently, like, I found, I found purpose in it. And I found, like, how I can use it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And I made it to the back end of it, you know. They didn't know anything about engineering, after, uh, like, before doing it. So this all to lead me to the answer is, like, I could be doing anything <laughs> next year. It's like, I, I will probably be making a decision. Just like the the initial one, except it's going to be more so like location based. Like I'm a, I'm going to go somewhere I've never been or probably back to MIT. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like really trying to explore different options. And then my the only thing is my focus isn't going to be strictly like aerospace or uh, mechanical engineering. Um, it'd be more so focused on how I can use aerospace and engineering to uh to provide for like communities, like marginalized communities in the United States and in like third world countries.
1: So you would you say aerospace engineering is your dream job? Because I know you you saying you're uncertain about what you're going to do post graduation, yeah. but what is the dream
2: occupation okay. you want? My dream my dream occupation would be wouldn't be engineering. It would be somewhere within like an administrative or like um just like leadership position within Either industry or college or academia, because I think what I'm most passionate about is just being able to to speak and connect with people and be able to create programs that I think are going to further diversity, inclusion and equity within those spaces, whether it's an industry, whether it's an academia. So my main thing is I want to be working and doing work that is very purposeful for me and i believe is very also purposeful for the world and i feel like this these initiatives as diversity is going to help us all in the further the longer run as well as right now so i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'd be only aerospace engineer i feel like it probably have something to do with my job but i don't want to focus only on aerospace i'd say i'd say to be aerospace systems rather than just the engineering
0: and i know you said most of it's going to be location base so what would be your ideal location then
2: so i need to i need to explore because i was in i was in cambridge massachusetts this summer slash boston they're right next to each other i did not know i thought they was forever away they were right like a bridge across and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot i really enjoyed like the vibe the people the whole the whole shebang the music like it was top tier like actually they don't have like like artist referral that come out of there but the people know music i know over there uh-huh. so i really enjoyed that um but also i've never been to like the west coast so i i initially um i had a decline to decline the offer from stanford for the research summer but they did want me to go apply for their graduate school so i definitely need to pay a visit but i'm also very open very much open to just like atlanta georgia tech you know go back going go back, back to the going city go back home yeah so i i need to have a lot of exploring to do especially like debating industry if i'm trying to do like an MBA, phd program so i was mainly yeah, i'm mainly talking about like um uh, graduate school right now but like industry is also an option that i'm thinking of so it's just there's a few things that i need to start um like adding in my excel list but i didn't have any time to these past two weeks it's because up. of the homecoming stuff so, yeah because yeah, you yeah you had to be busy with that going on but to kind of
1: bring it back around to case we understand that case has um helped you as far as finding a, a place of comfort mm-hmm. here at um MU and also being a brook scholar that has mm-hmm. helped you as well so um you've named one of the individuals who has helped you um here at case so who are some of the other individuals who might have Helped you along your journey here as a, a student yeah. at MU.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of individuals that have helped me here. Just like too many to name, probably. But I feel like one of the most memorable individuals for for me is a uh, Karen, Karen Hayes, and um, um, she wrote me a letter. I feel like it was after last year, and it was just like a card and it was just a physical letter and i feel like i don't get those often you know mm-hmm. and um everything is electronic right? you got a real and, one that took some time and i forgot like how much i feel like how meaningful those letters are and how how much i appreciate um people like karen you know just like go out of their way to make sure that her her feelings and expressions about me and uplifting and encouraging words are said while we're both here you know mm-hmm. i feel like we often let time get away from us it's like oh there's there's gonna be next time you know but tomorrow's not always you know granted well actually it never is so it's just making sure that we show love to those people that we love while we're here I feel like that's that's very important and I feel like Karen reminded me of that and it inspired me to I feel like write more
0: letters and things like that definitely relate to that she wrote me one too yeah. and i was like oh i love this because i hadn't like seen her in forever with covid and stuff so i still have that i really appreciate the case office and obviously it's helped you a lot as well um <clears throat> just to wrap everything up so um when you look back on everything you've been through just like the constant moving here MU, MU, everything um did you ever imagine being where you are today
2: two weeks ago i didn't know i was gonna be here like last week (laughs) like I every day I'm just like I'm gonna do what I can I'm gonna show love and yeah that's it I literally have no no I'm not that like well scheduled ahead like I just do things like wherever I feel like this is time I need to do this I'll change my plans this is something I want to do I feel the desire that this is something and I just do it and that's how I got into the NASA thing that's how I Applied to MIT last second, I asked for the letters of days before it was due, and I was just like, I'm gonna do it, you know. And it was mainly me just growing in that in that love, just having more. I feel like these these were specifically like self love, like there's these more personal things. I was like, you know what, I am worthy enough. Like I can't I can't apply to these places, and um I am I'm gonna get in, right? And just going in with that mentality more so than just always just kind of being. Afraid, I feel like is how I was because I'm very new to this whole experience, which has been growing within within my my peers, within the case um office, within the people that just support me. Has allowed me to like see that my potential hasn't even been scratched yet, even though I thought I was I would have never thought I'd be here. You know, now I'm realizing, oh, there's so much more and I'm not going to worry about what it is because I know if it's meant to be, it'll be and I'm going to keep giving it my best.
0: You're very present, and I like that because I tend to stress and like work ahead. He knows, so yeah. I, I just be up late trying to work, I don't even know why. But, um, so if you had to give any advice to anyone that's been in your situation, um, being an immigrant and a minority, what would it be?
2: I'd say the most important advice I could give is community, is um, just being relational and showing love because, um, in essence. Us as like humans, species, we are relational species. Like we, the worst thing you could do to like an inmate is put them by themselves in a facility of not so friendly people. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like it just is an testament to like how how much we need each other. And I feel like when we really start to tap into like those relationships and really like just showing love and appreciation and uplifting and empowering others, I feel like when we are able to do that in our small circles um we may or may not have it um given back to us but we'll at least grow in that action of just giving and having more of a loving heart and i feel like that just allows me to get through the next day because i feel like um as marginalized students and then first college first generation students just um in general i feel like the hardest part is just like finding the motivation at least for me it was is just through everything that i've been through it's just like I need that motivation, and I think I found that motivation and just very purposeful understanding of the world, knowing that love is what what's gonna what's most important here. I feel like it was the only thing that's that's timeless really that will outlast everybody. you know I feel like the most important people in the history of humanity were those that showed the most love that people remember the most, and I feel like that's an an, an testament to like how timeless it is, so it's like we could practice that every day within our friend groups within our family groups and even though it's obviously hard you know it's time but i think i think it's worthwhile and i feel like when you grow in that love and that community um you'll start finding that more that drive to do more things and be more more impactful with everything that you do thus creating you and this fully potential-driven, focused individual that's constantly looking for betterment and improvement.
0: Now it's time for our lowercase segment. As most of you know, we are halfway through the semester, which is wild. So I just want to ask you, Devontae, what's been your favorite part of the year so far, or what are you looking forward to, or what haven't you liked so far? Like, we're in midterms. Like, what's going through your mind right now?
1: Man. My, my schedule in my life has just seemed to be so packed. So, I, to be quite honest with you, I'm looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to some kind of break because it, it's been a lot. I've, I've had um, success this semester, though. So, I'm very proud of myself and what I've done to this point. Um, my favorite thing that has actively been taking place this semester is being able to actually get my feet wet in my desired career. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, since I'm I'm a journalism major, I am now into the community and interviewing people, making packages, making news, uh, like news clip video, multimedia stuff. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually getting into those things seriously and. I've actually enjoyed it to an extent.
0: It's exciting. But nerve-wracking, right?
2: Girl, be quiet.
0: (laughs) No, like, for me, um, obviously, it's midterms. But I don't really have midterms. I just have a bunch of exams and, like, projects. But they're all spread out, so I don't have an issue with that. Like, I'm cool with that. But, like, this year has been so fun for me. And, like, just being out, being able to meet new people and, having that in-person aspect and just everything so far but like what's coming up your girl's finna be 21 on monday so we finna be a little litty you know Uh, that's what i'm excited for but not only that it's just like i finna be like i'm picking up my classes i made a grad plan like a few weeks ago i'm finna be a senior
1: yeah, you gotta make your senior, your yeah, your senior grad plans. I got mine. Ooh, I need to schedule my classes earlier. I think I I should schedule my classes earlier in the day because I don't really like them being all spread out. But then again, there are some courses that don't mm-hmm. offer the super early morning courses. Yeah. So I, I, well, I they know. just I gotta figure it out.
0: They just sent out when you. Can register for your classes. So make sure y'all look out for that. Check yeah. your emails, check your MyZoo so you can register for classes on time and be prepped for next year. I know I'm excited, especially me being a junior. I'm going to apply for internships and you know I want to move out of state. Mm, so yep. I applied for like... 10, 11 internships so you far. you going to get
1: one of them. Uh, you going to so. get some, but is it gonna? have you applied for any internships that are in-state or everything has been um, away? They're all Because you of might be setting yourself up.
0: But I am going to do one in-state. But besides the point, it's just like school is just getting to the point where you're prepping for the real world. And yeah. that's what I'm excited for. But yeah, I'm yeah. also nervous because it's like I don't even feel like I'm going to be 21. I still feel like I'm 19. <laughs>
1: Time is, time is gonna it's fly weird. film it's so weird time is going to fly
0: but you know what I hope you guys prep for next semester make sure you check the classes whenever you get to register and best of luck on y'all midterms we also want to thank you guys for listening and we'll see y'all next time well not see but catch you next time on yep. the next episode so we out
1: case closed